0: to praise you and worship you tonight. Lord, we love you tonight. We praise you for the price, the supreme price you paid at Calvary to give us life and life worth living here on this earth. Thank you, Father, we do not walk under the circumstance. We do not live according to this world, but we are born from above. Thank you for this new heart that you've given us, a heart that is in communion with you. Thank you, Father, for the open heaven on earth because of the open heaven in heaven. As we come to seek your face, Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see the glories of your kingdom here in this place. We praise you that you're the God that confirms your words with sign following. We praise you there's not one sick or feeble among us because there is power in your name to heal, to deliver. Thank you that you came to set the oppressed free, to break the bondages. We thank for our free people who know the truth, whom the truth has set free. Would you look at your neighbor and tell them, I praise God, that I'm alive. Just confess it. I'm alive. I'm alive. Just confess it right now. Oh, thank God I'm alive. I'm alive in life, Christ Jesus. I'm raised in Christ Jesus. I'm alive to walk the freedom of my King, a life to glorify Him, a life to praise Him, a life to glorify Him, oh Jesus, my King, oh Jesus, my King, oh hallelujah, hallelujah, well you may be seated, hallelujah, we're so glad to see you tonight, we bless you, in the name of Jesus, well for those who had to leave this morning, we were here about to 1.30, and I tell you people are getting words, and I tell you it's just awesome to see. I mean, oh, this is the day of the saints. The saints are rising up in ministry. God is using the saints and wanting to use you. And I want to encourage you, as I was sharing this morning out of Romans, where he uses the natural things, his handiwork, to reveal his power and give revelation to his people. I just want you to know Tuesdays, just like tonight, that as we said, as I said this morning. The uh, radar Doppler you see showing rain and lightnings. I mean, when you ever see that radar Doppler of Alexandria, it shows the the lightning storms and it shows the yellow and the red when it's really pouring down. Well, that's what church looks like when you and I are here together. That's what it looks like in your home when you start praising God. You drive in your car and there's lightnings over your car. And there's a river of red and and yellow just over your car and over this church and intercession. I want to encourage you to be here on Tuesday night as we start getting prepared for the... uh, the meeting back in 20, the 23rd, 24th, 25th, and 26th of, of August. As Brother Wagner is going to be here, and Bill said it to be ministering the Thursday night, which is open to everybody. The Friday night. It's going to be uh, for those for the conference and the school. It's going to be uh, Bill Suddeth and uh, Doris Wagner. Then Saturday and Sunday will be Doris Wagner, Kimball night, and Doris Wagner that night and others. So just want to encourage you to be here. Also, good to see Brother Jim here. The uh, second and third, but uh, we have the brochures in the back. Is it the second and third and fourth at Zion Hill? Is going to be a prophetic conference. There are subscriptions back there for that conference, and it's going to be Brother Cook and Sister uh, Darlene Shardell. And I tell you, we've met her, and we were praying with her in New Orleans, and she's a precious woman of God, so I want to encourage you to check that out, and boy, August is going to be a full month for Central Louisiana, and God is doing some awesome things, hallelujah. I want to encourage you to look with me, Daniel chapter 2, and I just want to share this with you, uh, I don't know if some of you watched, uh, we had uh, Ann Tate with us, Chuck Pierce's a uh, personal uh, intercessor, prophetess of God, was here Tuesday night, and we had an awesome time. And people came from even uh, Texas and down in South Louisiana and other places. And she was doing the night call Friday night by webcast. She was leading intercession, and what she and many others were calling in. Did you see that Friday night? What she was calling in is a lot of it was the dreams and visions into the body of Christ. And and how many of you received the Holy Spirit speaking to you in dreams, visions, and his voice and the word? Well, it says in Daniel chapter two, verse nineteen Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel, and you ought to put your name there. If you're seeking God for something, you ought to say, Thank God, the secret is revealed unto and put your name there in a night vision, and then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His. Would you just raise your hand and say that? Wisdom. And might are yours, O Lord. Just praise Him now for it. Just praise Him. Just take a moment. Thank you, Father, that wisdom and might are yours. Blessed be the name of the Lord, the Revealer. Thank you, Lord God, we seek you. And you will reveal things to your servants. You will reveal things to your sons and daughters. And we praise you for wisdom and and might. And we thank in verse 21, it says, And He changeth the times and the seasons. How many know there's changing times and seasons? We don't ever get stuck to one way or one rut. But he changes the times and seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise. He doesn't give wisdom to the foolish. The wisdom of the foolish will kill them, but he gives wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and the secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might, and has made, unto me, made known unto me now what we desire to thee. Aren't you glad that we have a God that can reveal things to you? Amen. Thank God that you don't have to figure it out on your own, but the spirit of wisdom and might is available to give you knowledge and insight and understanding to walk in total victory. And also, as we're talking about wisdom and understanding, don't forget we have a sign-up sheet. We are looking forward, we were so interested in, Brother Pop, uh, Chuck said it last night on the webcast about this is the time to be teaching on the book of Revelation. And so I want you to sign up. And even if you're in the Foundations class, like many who told me this morning, I want that class too. sign up and we're going to be singing. We're going to get wisdom and might on what to do about this class so that everyone can get a part of it. Because now is the time that we can be awakened. And, you know, see, even just reading the book of Revelation. But getting inside and getting it taught will cause your inner man to become sensitive. And the, the visions and the dreams and discernment and understanding of the times was not just given to John. It's to encourage us that he wants to give it to us also. So I want to encourage you to sign up on that paper. And I want ushers to come forward. Let's get ready to receive uh, this afternoon's offerings and tithe. And we just call you mightily blessed. And we just thank God for the wisdom, might, and understanding that God is giving to his people. Thank you that, Lord God, we are up on what you have willed in heaven, right here on this earth, that we are walking in your seasons and in your times. That Lord God we're walking sensitive with ears to hear what you would have what you would say to your bride. And we give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. I've asked Brother Trey to sing a blessed. Amen. Amen. Oh man, how how many of you you just stay in the presence of God? We're going to get back in it. So don't you go nowhere. Hallelujah. Why don't you go with me to Genesis chapter 2. I want to give you some word tonight. Genesis chapter 2 and as you know for a few weeks now I've been teaching on the healing of the emotions. If we're going to to see God do some things in this area, I believe we're going to attack some of the root problems that we have in this area which is Emotional problems, mental problems. And I want to touch something that all of us has faced in our life, and some may be facing some more deeper than others. And I want to read in Genesis chapter two. How I mean, you know you cannot go forward unless you get healed. You can't go very far forward unless you do get healed emotionally. And, and I believe God is wanting to heal the body of Christ because you know we're, we're wanting. You know we're talking about the. But the thing about it is that many times you hear people prophesying out of their own soul, out of their own emotions. And when you're hurt, or if you've been wounded, it's so easy to always want to express that type of a word or express something to someone else out of your own hurt many times. And you don't mean to. And it's, it's not necessarily thus saith the Lord. Many times it's just something out of your own heart or out of your own spirit. But when you're hurt emotionally, you always just seem to go that direction. And God wants us whole. Oh, spirit, mind, and soul. Can I hear an amen? He wants us whole. He wants us healed. He wants us free so that He can speak to us. And the hose is not crimped, but the, the voice of the Lord has has all the freedom to flow in an open channel. A channel that is healed. It's not. It doesn't have uh, obstacles in its way. And one of the things we want to see tonight in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, and we've been starting over with And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of knowledge, of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest, thou shalt surely die, you know, spiritual death. And the Lord said, the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. Say that word. he starts talking about the fowl of the air and every living creature and the fruit and the beast of the fields. And how many of you know that everything God made was perfect and he was pleased with it? But you know, the thing about it is he created me and he chose to create man. He created man to have a relationship with him. But it didn't take long before God says, it's not, there's something here. Even though I am the I am, I'm not a Was enough for man, he wouldn't have had to create one. But he saw that loneliness is devastating to his creation. Now, you know, God created us for worship because God wanted to hear his people out of the free will offering of their heart. He wanted to hear his people praise them and say, Lord, I do stand in a maze. I do stand in a maze of you and, and by you. And Lord, I want more of you. But I mean, you know, God took a look and he says, You know, there's a Papa bird for every Mama bird, and there's a there's a buck for every doe, and there's a dog for every dog, and, and I mean there's a, there's a there's a something every tree has a mate, every flower has a mate, and they're made to continue on. But I see this man, and you know I see he's alone, and it's not good that he's alone. And loneliness, many times, is something. Even though we have more people on Earth now than ever, doctors and scientists are saying people are more lonely. Something that we have to fix it is something that we have to deal with in the body of Christ. But you know, uh, years ago, some of you may not know the younger generation don't know who Bob Hope is. But I was raised listening to Bob Hope, and I've got some of his old DVDs. And you know, he said that when uh, Adam woke up, he told the Lord, "I've got more ribs. If you've got more broads." <laughs> and uh, my uh, my spiritual uh, father in Honduras, he says, he said when he, he says when Adam woke up, he says. Lord, I got, he said, "Oh, well, what a nurse!" But I've got a different I've got a different way of saying things. I say that Adam was having the best sleep of his life. He was just so sound asleep; it was so nice. And he heard somebody talking in the background, and it woke him up. And he laid there a while, and he looked, and there's Eve, just a talker. And I can prove. She was a talker. Because who did she end up talking to? The devil. She had such a need to talk. If Adam ain't gonna to talk to her, she's gonna go find the serpent to talk to. I mean, you know, she just God just made her. She started talking. And I can imagine Adam was just sleeping all of a sudden he heard. Now, God, if I would have put, if I would have created the garden, I would have put the river over there, and I would have put the trees over here. Don't you know she was just thinking about rearranging? the whole thing. I can imagine she was just talking up a storm. And, and, and I can imagine, you know, Adam, you know, hey, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. Men, we can talk about how our wives talk a lot, but there must have been something in our rib. There had to be something in our rib that gave us some talking gas. But how many of you know, doesn't mean you got to settle for just anybody and get you a mate. Listen, I, one of the things I want to bring up tonight, some of the loneliest people are people in a relationship and people who are married. Just because you have a ring on your finger don't mean there's there's uh, that there's not any loneliness. You know, there's people who say, Pastor, I'm married, but she's never given me her heart. There's people who say, Pastor, I'm married, but, you know, we don't have anything to say to each other. We just walk by each other and like we don't have anything to say. Unless we're fighting, there's nothing to talk about. And so just just because you're married don't mean you don't have loneliness. And God wants to heal us in the area of our emotions so that we can have relationship with our mates, with our children. And you know, as we talk about loneliness, and for many people, it's the pain of loneliness or being being alone. Uh, The thing, us married people, we've got to understand, is that we ought to Rejoice and shout to God. In fact, I want everybody who's married, I want you to shout, praise the Lord that you are married and you do have a mate and you do have a family. Can you just say, praise the Lord! Thank you, Jesus! Because I've heard too many people tell me, Pastor, I regret all the years I complained about my husband's snoring. I wish he was still here to snore. I don't know how many people complained about their wife who didn't keep a house. And she's gone and saying, children. They don't know how to put their toys up. They make so much racket. They make so much noise. But now they're saying, I'd give anything to have that noise and that nest back in my living room. Not to feel this loneliness anymore. And I think we need to hug our children and we need to hug our wives and wife and husbands. And I think we need to uh, <laughs> we're not Mormons. And I think we need to just make sure honey, I appreciate you. I love you. Can I tell you something? A lot of people The Bible says a child left to itself will bring the mother and the the mom and dad much shame and much harm, much cause to to feel pain. And a lot of times parents don't have time for their children. Oh, won't you just go on? Oh, I don't have time for this. Won't you just go find something to do? And the children start experiencing loneliness. And just like many adults, they're going to try to find something, acceptance in some area. And if mom and dad don't give us acceptance, I'm going to go find acceptance from something or somebody. So I believe that loneliness is a plague that's really attacking our society. It's attacking the body of Christ. And uh, I believe, for example, loneliness attacks even singles and so many others because they go home and it's so quiet. So what do a lot of them do? They put the TV on. They put the radio on. And all kind of stuff that doesn't edify just start coming over the TV and the radio. Listen, loneliness is a big cause. There's some people who are so lonely that they will settle for a one-night stand just to feel somebody touch them and somebody say they love them even though they know it's not love. They'll watch TV to all hours of the night because they can't stand the silence or because they've gone through separation or divorce. So they'll put the TV or they'll put the radio on and they'll watch stuff they shouldn't be watching. They'll fall asleep to something they shouldn't be watching just to make a noise in the background. And that, that filth of this world, that perversion and it's contaminating the house. Why? Because of loneliness. And so there's things that we've got to understand and things we've got to conquer in the areas of loneliness. Loneliness has so much to do with people feeling rejection, hopelessness, insecurity. Uh, Many people do anything not to be alone. And something I want to share with you uh, about is there's a difference between loneliness and being alone. You need to learn how to be alone. You've got to combat loneliness. learn to be alone. You know, Jesus was in the wilderness alone for 40 days. But he didn't feel lonely. He learned to have communion with God and he learned to meditate in his heart. Paul was in the wilderness for a long time. And he was alone, but he wasn't lonely. And you read about Jeremiah and read about so many more who went through times. And I want you to hear David. Look with me in Psalms 102. And David and so many of these men of God, they were alone and many of them felt lonely they couldn't walk to please man. So many times they felt like they were alone and their heart was broken. And many people are broken because, you know, what a lot of people feel today is they go, Pastor, you want to know what my life has been full of? A bunch of goodbyes. A bunch of goodbyes. A bunch of, you know, I I don't need you anymore. I don't want you anymore. I don't want this relationship anymore. And, you know, that brings a lot of brokenness to the body of Christ that needs to be healed. I want to read in Psalms 102, verse 3 in the Amplified Bible. For my days consume away like smoke, and my bones burn like firebrand or like a heath. Look at verse 6. I am like a melancholy pelican. Did you know pelicans have temperaments? There you go. I am like a melancholy pelican or a vulture of the wilderness. I am like a desolate owl of the waste places. Verse 7, I am sleepless. I lie awake morning like a bereaved sparrow alone, or the New American says, lonely. So many times, we, loneliness, I believe, is, is a key of the enemy to try to make us love so much inwardly. And I'm going to give you a key that God gave me to share with you to break you out of it. But I believe that loneliness is a key to make you so introvert, so much into yourself. Like a melancholy is somebody who can is alone. They're the number one to commit suicide. They're the number ones to run away from home. A melancholy is always about the illness clothes in, and they can't give their love, they can't give their appreciation, they can't tell anybody a good word. They're deep thinkers. Well, I believe a lot of times loneliness is what David's saying here. Loneliness will drive you to a place to where you're just thinking about how quiet it is, how I'm sleeping single in a double bed, like Barbara Mandrell used to sing about. And I'm just living this life that I have nobody to share it with. I have nobody at home to ask me, how did you date? show interest in them. That's why I believe God is wanting to build more and more ministries in the church to be able to reach out to these type of people. And you know, it's so, you know, it's easy for somebody like myself or someone who's married who has someone always there, someone to go home to, someone to talk to, someone to ask them about, someone to write in their car about, but it's so, so many times we get these sensitive and we lose touch on a lot of the single people are going through. And sometimes even a lot, a lot of the senior citizens going through they're brought to a nursing home and they know I've been brought here just to die. I've been brought here just to die. My kids don't visit me and they just put me here because I am alive, but they know that I'm too overtaking myself, so I'm just dying. And I know a number of churches and we have ministry to the nursing home. But listen, I don't think we can ever have too much ministry to people who feel alone. I walk in the hospitals and you see people who don't have any talk to her for minutes and say, hey, how you doing? They just light up and, you know, so many times they start telling me, I don't have anybody to visit me. I don't think I have anybody who loves me. And I believe that the body of Christ, this is a, this is a void that we can feel and that we can help heal. Amen? Uh, also, look with me in Psalms 142. Psalms 142. Verse four. Listen to listen to this. Look to the right and see, for there is no one who regards me. There's no escape for me. No one cares for my soul. I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, You are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Thank God. Part of people that we may not even be uh, um, uh, aware of that their heart is crying out. I turn to the right and the left, but nobody even knows I'm here. No one sees me. Nobody knows my needs. I don't know if anybody loves me. And how many of you know we want to reach out to those people? God loves givers, and a lot of a lot of Americans have it in their mind. Well, you know, I give my money, so that's enough. God wants you. He says, "I was sick, you didn't visit me." How many know God is looking for? somebody a good word and encourage them. Amen. Listen, I believe this is serious. You want me to tell you something else, church? I'll tell you, since you asked. I think words like we and our and us is the language of the church. Instead of I and my and mine. I think, I think we're going to society where don't want us always thinking about me or mine. I've got something here I want to read to you. The, do you know what the least important word is? I. You know what the most important word is? We. The two most important words? Thank you. The three most important words? All is forgiven. The four most important words? What is your opinion? That's also a dangerous word, too. The five most important words? You did a good job. And the six most important words I want to understand you better. That is, according to the studies, I want to understand you. I want to know you better. I mean, that's even God's favorite words Lord, I want to know you better. I want to understand you better. Amen. Look with me. Well, you don't have to look there, but in 2 Timothy chapter 4, 9 through uh, 16, Paul was times that all has forsaken me. And, and we'll read a scripture later about father and mother may forsake you. Your brother and sister may forsake you. People that you counted on they may forsake you. But aren't you thankful that the promises is that God will never leave you or forsake you. Amen. Amen. So many times just alone and feeling hurt and feeling in pain. You know, fellowship is stability. Write that down. Fellowship is stability. We learn stop us from growing. And so we want to see all these different things that uh, God has done for us and, and given us some, mate. I'm going through this right quick. And, and uh, we need to show expressions of love. We need to love each other. We need to accept each other. And uh, Jesus loves those who reach out. Even Luke 4:18 says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has known me to, to preach the, the gospel to the brokenhearted, to, to, uh, to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, and set liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to them that are you know, I, I, I'm praying that as we go forward, I, I, I just don't want to see, you know, the gifts. I just don't want to see uh, excitement. I, I want us to remember what it felt like. when Maybe you've been through a divorce, and when you hear somebody going through a divorce, uh, you need to reach out to that person and say, look, I went through there, and I'm going to be praying for you every day. When I went through a divorce, I felt this, I felt that, and the other. I just want to cover you in prayer, my sister or my brother. And I just want to be encouragement to you that as you're going through these things, you're not going to, um, it's not going to open the door for the enemy to take you and to trample upon you and destroy your life in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, we're in a war and many times our thoughts are part, part of that, that war. And so I want you to see that, uh, many times children, orphans, uh, times of loneliness. And, and, and I'll tell you something else. I appreciate it so much that they gave Sister Kay, uh, 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 they gave you a, uh, a retirement party, didn't they? Not long ago. But you know, I think I thought of Sister Geraldine who we've prayed for. And she came so far in working for her degree. And, and, and uh, she graduated from college. And you know, I was thinking, huh? And she's got certificates. She's got certificates. And, and uh, How many people went to to your graduation? How many of your friends? It wasn't? But did you get a card? You got flags. How about a card from some friends? We're proud of you. I know. I know. And and you did. And we helped you too. And you you got your dream job. But you know, what if... singles in the singles ministry, all gang up and root people on when they're graduating. You know, we get so involved in our life, but about being becoming a body and becoming a family to where you know, well praise God! Did you hear? They graduated, or or, or they started a new business. You know, they started a restaurant. I mean, uh, they started a mechanic shop. Let's all go bring our cars over there and you know tell them to change the plugs or something. You know, it would be awesome we'd support and stand by one another. Amen? And I believe that that would bring strength to a body. You won't have divisions. You won't have strife. You won't have bickering if we all are concerned and we all putting one another above our own selves. Amen? So th- those are just some ideas I was thinking about. But here's some suggestions to combat loneliness. Number one, how many of you know Jesus understands where we are, and he understands loneliness, and and he says, your father, he says that your father and and mother might have forsaken you, but he never will, and in this little booklet I got from this prisoner who wrote these poems, he says, you know what it, it is to be lonely, isolated from family, cut off from friends, and thrown into a world where no one seems to There's no place in the universe that God cannot go with you. No one, no thing, no force in heaven or earth can separate you from God. God cares for you. He won't leave you alone. He promised. Aren't you thankful for that? Psalms 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help. Say that with me. An ever-present help in trouble. Hebrews 13.5, God has said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Never will I forsake you. Now listen to this one. Jesus understands what it's like for you to be separated from your family. Your support system is cut like his was on the cross. His heavenly father was still there somewhere, but when he cried out, Why have you forsaken me? There was no answer. His mother was still there somewhere, but she couldn't help him. His family was still there somewhere, but they were separated. That's why he understands what it's like for you to be separated from your family, And that's why He made it possible for you to be born into His family. And that's why He promised to never leave you alone. Never. Not once. Psalms 27.10. Though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Joshua 1.9 says I'll be with you wherever you go. And Deuteronomy 31.8 says the Lord Himself goes with you and will be with you. And He will never leave you or forsake you. I like this one. It says when you become disheartened and discouraged and you need to talk to someone who really understands what you're going through, talk to exactly what you are feeling. Jesus was arrested, tried, convicted, and executed. He was mocked, humiliated, and beaten, and he was run through the system. He understands as no other. You can trust him with your true feelings. Talk with him. Amen. So thank God we can talk to our Jesus. Amen. Listen to this. Max Locato was talking about how he was walking through a cemetery was talking about, he saw this tombstone of this lady named Grace Smith. There was no date of birth and there was no date of death. And he read upon the tombstone, Sleeps but rests not. Loved but was not loved. Tried to please but pleased not. Died as she lived alone. How many of you know, Jesus psychology today say that isolation from people, it shows that loneliness is the is many of the central agents of depression, paranoia, schizophrenia, rape, suicide, mass murder, and a wide variety of diseases. Loneliness many times is the reason for people who throw down their knees, have weak knees, and throw down their hands and give up in the fight and say, I just quit. I mean, we want to encourage one another, don't you dare quit, you keep running the race, and don't you give up the fight. Amen. Another thing you've got to do to fight uh, loneliness is number two, recall the promises of God. John 16, 32, it says, I am not alone because the Father is with me. John 14, 16 says, I will pray for the Father and He shall give you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. The Word of God says that He'll never leave you alone or forsake you. Psalms 139, 7, David says, Where can I go? If I go to hell, you're there. If I rise to the heavens, you're there. How many of God is everywhere? And so you've got to recall the promises God. Thank you, Father, that you're my ever-present help in trouble. Because the thing that God does not want, He does not want you selling your life out cheap. Just marrying who, the first man who comes along and says, Oh, I love you. I'll support you. I'll take care of you. How I many know you're not a dog at the dog pound to buy for sixty bucks and get spaded? How I many know you're a precious woman of the most high God? Amen. How I many know you're not for sale? You're for love. You're for acceptance. And we go through so much counseling and we go through so many things because many times people pull on whatever comes around and I just want to be accepted. I just want to be loved. But listen, you need to just understand, learn to be alone and to fight lonely and some, some of these reasons so you don't end up making a mistake getting married but yet you're still alone. And get another divorce. Go through another separation. Hurt other children. I know loneliness hurts, but listen, God is trying to minister to you in that area tonight. Let me give you the third reason, a third way, and I want you to write this down. Reveal yourself to somebody. Open your heart. It's written above Harvard. It says, enter to grow in wisdom, depart better to serve thy country and mankind. What I wanted to share with you before we close tonight, what I share, I just used this example Wednesday night. Want to combat loneliness? I started thinking about this. You need to learn to be a connector. And the and the, the uh, definition I gave, I said, you know, brother Floyd likes science fiction, and you know, you may like John Wayne, but I know Scott Lynch likes science fiction too. So you, you find that you find these two guys have something in common, so you can put them together. Mike and Bob Weeders, they like fishing, and you talk to some of these who likes music. What you do is when you're you, you're we're so busy trying to find somebody for me that I don't pay attention enough to learn, wait a minute, so-and-so has that same taste. So I can connect this person to this person. And when I see that I can connect them together, I may not have my person yet, but by connecting those two, I have a sense of satisfaction that I've helped them. Connection is a ministry. You know, y'all may not know it, but this week I had a a panel of people come meet me, and uh, they've asked me to take over a church in another state. It's a big church, over a thousand members. It's got a huge school, big facilities, and they asked me to, to pray about going to pastor that church. Well, I told my wife, and we kind of got shook up, and we said, "Well." They said, "Please pray about it." So we started praying about it, and the Lord reminded me. I just got a prophecy from Chuck Pierce, Chuck Pierce in May, and he says, "I've called you to be a connector." And so here, these people came and they said, "We've got this whole facilities. We've got this huge church. I want you to pray about maybe becoming pastor this church." And so I started saying, you know what, God, you may not be telling me that I need to leave Pineville and go to Texas. You may be telling me that you're getting ready to show me somebody to connect to that church. And do you know, last week, the same week, Friday, I had some awesome ministers come to visit. They're seeking God for direction. and, And as they were talking their vision, I started thinking of Texas. And I started saying, Lord, that's what you were trying to tell me. Not everything that comes to me is for me. A lot of things that come to me is for me to say, hey, I've got the contact for you to go, go to. I've got the contact to bring you into. I've got the country for you to go to. Lord, you, I'm going to pay attention to everything I see and hear because the open doors that come, they're not necessarily for me. They could be for somebody else. So listen, boo-hoo, I'm not going nowhere. you got to put up with me some more. It's not for me. It was for me to connect someone else. And if you want to fight loneliness, stop just, it's all about me, and start listening to what others want and what others need. And you know, I've taught this to my mentoring group. You may say, I don't want to open up to anybody anymore because, man, I've been through everything with everybody. I've been chewed up and spit out alive. And listen to this. This is some commandments I gave to the mentoring group people are illogical unreasonable self-centered love them anyway if you do good people will accuse you of selfish ulterior motives do good anyway if you're successful and you'll win false friends and true enemies succeed anyway the good you do today will perhaps be forgotten tomorrow but do good today anyway Honesty and frankness makes you vulnerable. Be honest and frank anyway. The biggest man with the biggest ideas can be shot down by the smallest man with the smallest mind, so think big anyway. People favor underdogs, but follow only hot dogs. Fight for the few underdogs anyway. What you spend your years building may be destroyed overnight. Build anyway. People really need help, but attack you if you help them. No. Anyway, give the world the best that you have, and you'll get kicked in the teeth. But give the world the best you have, anyway. It is better if better is possible then good is not enough. Isn't that good? You know, you open up. Yeah, there's going to be some people that are down you. There's going to be some people who are hurt you. There's some people who will take advantage of you. There's some people that hurt your feelings. But you know what? You just be the bigger person, and you just keep going. Now I don't have time to get into the whole story because I'm, I'm reading this one book. It's not a Christian book, but it's a uh, it's a it's a real good book. And uh, uh, it tells about Paul Revere. And do you know there was two men who rode the horses that day to say the British are coming. One name was named, one was Paul Revere, and the other one was William something. The other I forgot what his name was. Dawes William Dawes. And do you know William Dawes, the cities he ran to got captured. William Dawes was not a people person, but they have the history on on Paul Revere that Paul Revere belonged to all the things there was to belong to. When he saw poverty, he started a group to help him economically. He was on the board for streetlights. He was on the board for this. He was on the board for that. He would see people uh, walking the street and would stop and talk to him. He would go to towns and there was he. He didn't ever meet a stranger. And when he rode, he knew. Where the military lived in the towns he ran into, he knew where the the big guys lived in the towns he ran into. Well, William Dawes, he didn't know nothing about nobody. So guess what? You knew his name. Anybody else knew his name? Not very many people know his name, but they know Paul Revere's name. And you know the reason Paul Revere knew that the that uh, the British were planning an attack because a twelve year old boy was in us in the barns in the library. And he heard the British saying, we're getting ready to attack those certain towns, and we're going to burn them, and we're going to destroy them. And who did that little boy go to? Paul Revere. There's something about being a connector to help connect people. There's something about knowing people. There's something about getting to know people. There's something about getting out of our own shell and getting with other people. Amen? Uh, 1 John 1.7 says, If we walk in the light... We have fellowship one with another. Proverbs 18:24. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. All the time you hear people say, I don't have any friends. I don't have anybody that I can get with. You know, I don't have anybody I can open up with. Well, I wonder if you tried. You've got to show yourself friendly. Well, you know, if I invite people to my house, you know, I don't have the nicest house. If I invite people to my house, you want a friend, it don't matter what your house looks like. They're interested about you. And a lot of people who say they don't have friends, it's a pride issue. It's a selfish issue. And it's a hurt issue. And so if you're going to have friends, you've got to show yourself friendly. And listen, you may have friends now, and next week they may break up with you, they may leave you. Well, go to the next one. But don't you ever get in a shell and say, know, I don't need nobody. I'm okay by myself. Listen, nobody's called to be a self-made person and just close yourself up. Amen. Every morning you need to ask, God, send me somebody who's lonely. When you're on your way to church, instead of saying, Lord, give me a word, give me a word, give me a word. You know what you ought to be doing? Lord, give me a word. To me tonight. I want to go to a big church where I could just disappear. Honey, these are the last days. You better learn to receive and you need to learn to give. Amen. How I many know I'm just chilling with you tonight? I'm just pastoring, you know. I'm just giving you a little word, but it's an important word. Amen. Number four, you need to learn to build relationships. Write this down. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 1 through 8. We won't go there, but Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 1 through 8, it talks about two is better than. One falls, there'll be another one to pick them up. It says a three-ply cord is not easily broken. It's important that you are busy about building relationships. Listen, you know, you know, we were like we were about 400 people this morning. You know, we got more than 400 people belong to this church. Listen, I mean, you know, a lot of people want to spend time with us, and we'd love to spend time with everybody. But how I mean, you know that we're kind of busy? But you know, there are couples who are desiring relationships just something about if couples would get together, invite each other to each other's house, go out and eat, fellowship with one another, share what God's doing for you, uh, share uh, uh, books what God's blessing you, and, and build some relationship. It would, it would make a big church. The singles getting together, the, the youth get together. There's just something about building relationships. Amen? Winston Churchill said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we philosopher wrote in 550 B.C., union gives strength. Amen? And I'll give you the last point and then I'll finish. Not only are we supposed to build relationships, this is a good one. You need to write this one down. This is so needy. Learn You know sister evie willis she could have the, uh, the attitude that well i'm gonna go to church and i'm gonna do my thing i'm gonna come to church and go home and, and you know she started working in sunday school all over again and, and, and you know she's about 51 and, and uh and, and you know she could just say well you know i've done what i'm supposed to do with my life but she has started over with another dream and another vision and guess what i've been seeing rose come back in her cheeks lately, even tonight. Look at her. And she's not blushing. Her cheek colors, Oh, doubt she's blushing. But but colors coming back in her cheeks because those little ones are contagious. You just smell the youth. (laughs) Huh? Just smell the youth. Just being around them just brings life again. And so there's just something about, you know, just, I mean, get involved. Learn to serve. You know, when we have dinner on the ground, come a little early, work a little bit, and stay a little later, help you clean up. I know that sounds like cuss words to you. But you talk about being alone. I ain't got no friends. But I want you. We have dinner on the grounds. You come in. When it's time to eat, you eat. Throw your plate away if you think about it, and then you go home. But there's something about standing side by side next to somebody with a spoon and spooning together and serving together. Huh? There is just something about just just doing something together that that all of a sudden you start saying, "Wow, there's a relationship. There's a relationship." You know what? This church ought to have so much help. You got to pick a number. But you know what happens? We're 400 people, and we got 15 servers, servants of art, And we're killing them with all the help. Can you help with this? Can you help with that? Can you wear four, four aprons and five hats? And we're killing all the help because we don't have enough people who want to serve. But yet, at the same time, there's a lot of people saying, I feel all alone. I'm so lonesome, I could cry. Well, you know what? Busy serving. Find something to do. Well, you know. Well, what's my calling? Well, you know. We'll put you with the children one month. We'll put you with the youth one month. We'll put you uh, in the nursery two months. And, and uh, we'll put you all over the place. And then get you busy. And then all of a sudden, you know, you can you can start seeing where's your heart, where's your passion. But the important thing is, is get busy. I mean, brother Billy's always available when we need work outside. He's got a tractor. He just loves to get on that tractor when he's home, and, and he just comes and he'll work. And then we ask him to do one thing, and then the next thing you know, he's back with his tractor again and he's working again. And brother, we got some more work to be done. Over there, oh, I was going to talk to you about. <laughs> so he doesn't only have enough work that Sister Diana Eve the second keeps him busy doing, but the church should give him something to do. And, and there's just something—I mean, phone calls, emails. There's so many things to do. You know, this is one of the most basic messages you've probably ever heard me preach. But I think it's one of the most important. I, I want us to have a discernment not to overlook people. Not to get so big that we're too big. And that even though we've been hurt, you've been hurt. That we don't overlook trying to help somebody, encourage them, and give them a word, of encouragement. and say, Lord, instead of me, always worrying. Stand up? Hallelujah. Did you get something out of this? Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Yes, thank you, team. Lord, we worship you. We praise you. Now, one thing I want to share with you how many of you want to be leaders? I have a book here that we taught our mentoring group Becoming a Person of Influence by John Maxwell. And, like, I would encourage, like, for example, the singles to get together. And there are so many chapters in this book of how to become a people person. How, how to, what, how many of you know encouragement, like this book teaches, encouragement goes a long way. And it gives you ideas of how to relate to people, how to learn to relate to people, how to be more of a people person, how, to, how you can be an influencer. By just being available and picking up on a few things and putting it to practice. So I want to encourage you, if you're looking for a good book, become a people of influence and let's influence this world. Do you know how many people at your job are lonely? There's a lot of them. Kids at school. A lot of people who are lonely. And so we've got to learn how to be a people person. And listen, we're going to influence this world and we're going to make a difference. Amen? Amen. Tell people their lives count. You're important. Amen? Amen. So let's just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you right now to, to, Lord, stretch us. Stretch us beyond our circle. Lord, we've read about so many people that were influential because they went beyond their circle. They went into even unknown areas, they reached out to people to minister to them and to love them. So, Father, I just ask you right now to give us a heart, your heart, to visit those in need. Lord, I ask you, Lord God, to. Right now, tonight, to do a work. anybody here is suffering from loneliness, if you've suffered or you're, you're suffering from loneliness, I, I want you to just turn it down a little bit, please. Just turn it down a little bit. If, you, if you've been suffering from loneliness, I want you to come stand up. And I want the people who are up here, and I want those who want to pray for somebody, I want you to come up and pray. As they come up, I want you to come lay hands on them. And I want you to start ministering to them. And I, I want you just to on the lights back there. And I want the Christians praying. And listen, folks, if somebody's, if you're carrying a burden, if you're carrying a load, and especially if you've been wounded or hurt through the air of loneliness, don't be ashamed. We want you to come up, and we want to pray for you. We want to minister to you. Just come up right now. Just come up right now. You say, man, I've been going through areas of loneliness in my life. I've been feeling abandoned. I've been feeling alone. I need encouragement. Listen, we want to receive. We want you to come and let us pray for you just minister to you. Just come. Just come now. Just come now. Let us minister to you. If you have another need, I want you to stand on my right side. Right here, to your left. I want you to stand on this side of the movement if you have another type of a need. But if you've been bowing low, just come stand up right here. Come stand up right here. Just come close right here. Just come close. Just come stand right here and face me. Now I want some men to come around my brother. He lost his wife not long ago and I want you to come and stand with them. We have some sisters here. Come on, sinner sisters. I want some sisters around my sisters. I want y'all to come and stand with them. Come, come. Come, come quickly. Come quickly and stand with them. I want you to lay hands on them. I want you to start ministering to them. I want you to start loving them. I want you to start ministering. The walls can get so deadly silent. So many times, Christmas, birthdays, Thanksgiving, how many times have they spent it by themselves? So I want I want any women to come and just start praying and interceding for these tonight that come up and that I need love in my life, I need fulfillment in my life. Come on, church, I want you praying. We want to come against the spirit of depression, from loneliness, despair. I come against any type of attack on their minds They'll try to pull them down because of feeling alone or feeling lonely. I thank you, Father, you are their security. I thank you, Father, that, Lord God, your your hope is being placed within their life. And, Lord, you promised that you would never leave them or forsake them. So, fathers, we lift them up tonight as we love upon them. Lord, I just thank you for manifesting your love to them. They will not stray away from the path. They will not stray away from truth. Because, Father, they love you. And, Lord, I just ask you to manifest your love upon them. I ask you to heal their hearts. I ask you to heal their minds. I ask you right now, Father, to just take that all that loneliness away. Help them, Lord God, to get relationships that will last and will. Lord God, minister to them. Give them to the right mates that you have prepared for them. For you yourself said, it's not good for a man to be alone. So, Lord, I just ask you to give them friends. I ask you to give them uh, partners. I ask you to give them, Lord, let their children call them. Let their grandchildren give them, Lord, attention and love them. Just tell them, Lord God, how much they're loved and wanted and needed, that they're someone's hero. Father, I just ask you to heal their hearts now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I just want you to pray for them. Just pray for them. Just pray for them. Just pray for them. In In Jesus' name. 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 This anointing oil, and it's called from sorrow to laughter. And my wife just that's a precious word from the Lord. We're going to anoint you with this special oil that the ingredients mean from sorrow to laughter. So we just want you to continue praying for them, and we're going to anoint them with oil in the name of Jesus. And we want you praying, church. In the name of Jesus. Come on, hurt. We just want to anoint you right now in the name of Jesus. And we pray the anointing of the Lord from sorrow to laughter. From depression to joy unspeakable and full of glory, in the name of Jesus, right now in the name of Jesus, you spirit of grief, lingering grief. I speak to all lingering grief that's tried to tear him down. And Lord God, the lack of relationship with His children, and all the things, the loneliness that drives him. Sometimes, Lord, he feels out of his mind. I just ask you in the name of Jesus to touch him right now. His sorrow, his sorrow. Laughter, from sorrow to laughter in the name, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, I praise you yet yeah, no one cares, no one's concerned. No one gives importance. My life is senseless, has no direction, has no meaning. I come against them thoughts in Jesus' name. And I pray healing over you in Jesus' name. to her soul, wholeness to her heart, wholeness to her mind. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Father. all loneliness, we We pray the spirit of wisdom and light up on her now. We pray that you guide and that you lead. We pray that you manifest your love and your care for her. That you care and you love her. In Jesus' name, Father, we just pray right now that you just give her depression, anguish, worry, fear. I come against you in the authority in the name of Jesus. And I command you right now in Jesus' name to loose this woman of God, to loose this daughter of God right now, and to loose her, to let her go. Lord, I ask you to comfort her with all comfort. I think that you said that your spirit will be with us forever to stay with us, to be with us, to encourage us, to speak to us, to guide us. Sweet Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to heal our hearts, to heal our soul, all within her to be made whole now. In the name of the crazy anointing, it's breaking the burdens of our life. The kingdom yokes in Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name. You touch my sister. You fill her from above. You give her words. You give her life. But we touch Lord. We her, Lord. We make her whole. Thank you that her tongue is very sweet. Songs of joy and praise to you. I just praise you my heart that is very charming. A heart that. Rejoices and glorifies Him. Your hands here, we're gonna believe God for a miracle right now. Just real long, just real long, just real long. Right now, we're gonna believe God for a miracle right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Right now. Oh, deep, call it to deep. The voice of your creator, the voice of our healer, the voice of Jehovah Rock speaks to your ovaries now. I say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command this pain to lose her body right at this instant. At this moment, instantly, even as Jesus prayed, we know in the Word of God, they were instantly cured. And I feel the presence of God over this woman. I felt the presence of God was drawn to her. And I praise you right now that your your Shekinah glory is over her right now. Your Shekinah glory is all over her right now. Bring her back, bring her back here. In the name of Jesus, the glory of God. The glory of God. I mean, I how do you know I wasn't pushing you? Was? I mean, did you ever feel that? Have you ever fallen before? A long time ago. Well, you felt something just now, didn't you? That's the presence of God coming on you. Just close your eyes and right now, right now, just lift your head hand towards heaven. And I don't want you to drink. <laughs> right now, in the name of Jesus, all the pain, swelling, discomfort command it to go right now in the name of Jesus. Oh! Oh! Healing river Woo! Are you feeling something? Are you still hurting? When did the pain leave? When you bounce back. The pain left when you bounce back. So you're not hurting anymore. Can you praise the God who believed you healed? Glory! Come on, praise him. Praise your Lord! Touch him by like your power, your might, your